T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Still moving into the Twin Cities. It is light, as you heard Al say a moment ago, uh, one to two today, maybe one to three tomorrow. Uh, the heaviest snow south of the cities right now, for the most part here in the Twin Cities, the light stuff, but does some heavier snow to the south. And as a result, there is a winter weather advisory uh, in, in parts of southern Minnesota. And we'll continue to keep an eye on the weather situation. But once again, about a snow tonight. And then cold, and then another bout of snow tomorrow, and then bitter cold in uh, the way it looks Monday night, Tuesday night, before things start to moderate mid to late in the week. Let's get an update on the outdoors. Steve Carney joins us, and you can find him at stevecarneyoutdoors.com. Steve, how you been? Uh, Ben's great, Steve. This is really, as you talk about the winter, this has been the winter from hell for outdoor people. It's... Uh, it's snowing right now up in Lakes Country again, and, uh, boy, we've had tons of snow, tons of cold. It's just a uh, complete opposite of last winter, but, you know, we're dealing with it, but it's uh, it's a challenge. Yeah, and as you pointed out now, for weeks here in the program, if you want to get to spots out in the water, generally with, with, the, with the snow, the slush, so on and so forth, better have a snowmobile because it, it is just a, a challenge. Uh, you know, getting the bigger vehicles out there, the four-wheelers, et cetera, the side-by-sides, just no go on a lot of spots. Yeah, that ended quite a while ago, Steve. But, you know, the good news, we've had a lot of 20, 25 below mornings, and that's really healed up a lot of the slush problems we've had up in the northern part of Minnesota and northwestern part of Minnesota, which, you know, it was cold, but that really did a pretty good job. So barring any, you know, warmth that comes along the way, I think we're going to be okay for the duration because, 32 below three mornings in a row, that's going to take care of the slush. So, so far, so good. Again, it's still a snowmobile affair. Um, it's just really the only way to get around right now. Four-wheelers are just not, not making it side-by-sides. You're, you're going to have to find a lake that has you know, people that have plowed out to their wheelhouses. You know, you'll have a chance there. Not all the lakes are like that. There's just a handful of lakes you know, here and there where people have plowed, but for, you know, 80% of the lakes, you're kind of on your own to uh, get out, you know, to where you want to go. So, again, that's why it's basically down to a snowmobile. And, you know, up in lakes country here, we've got a good 15, 16 inches of snow on top of two feet of ice. So it, it's uh, quite a mix, but you can get there. You just have to use common sense. All right, Steve, uh, the biggie, what about the bite? How's that going? 
still really good, Steve. I, I just don't get it. These fish have been in the same areas now since beginning, you know, way before Christmas. And usually they make their transition now into deeper water, but they really haven't. And the only thing I can think of is we have so much ice and so much snow cover that a lot of the, the sun is not penetrating down into these deep basins. And that's usually at this time of the year when those insects start hatching out of the bottom and rising. And a lot of the game fish will move to those deep basins to feed on those insects. And I think this lack of sun, you know, going through the ice is really affected the hatch where it, it really hasn't started yet. And I've been probing, you know, a lot of deep stuff, 20, 30, 40 feet of water, and I just don't see them there. And they're just, they're normally there by now, but they're not. And I'm still in five to seven feet of water, catching all kinds of species of fish right in the weeds. Um, and that pattern's been going on a number of lakes. It's, it's still going. And they're biting so well, Steve, I'm not even using any bait. I'm using straight spoons with little flappers on them, um, which is a little yeah. tiny kind of a mini spoon attached to a bigger spoon. And they're so aggressive and biting so well that they're, they're hitting them, you know, no problem. Bluegills, crappies, walleyes, everything. So it's really been a tremendous winter for fishing. It's been very consistent. It's just the conditions make it, you know, much more challenging. Yeah, if you can get there and uh, you can stick it out, uh, you're, you're in really good shape. And you spend a lot of time in the northwest part of the state. What are you hearing from uh, your friends in other parts of the state? It's holding up pretty well. I know we're, I work with some avid ice fishermen, and they've been pretty happy so far, even even in some of the lakes around the cities. Yeah, it has been consistent pretty much everywhere, Steve. I know the metro area has just been really difficult with the lousy ice conditions, and you know, early ice wasn't very good, and there were a lot of issues in central and southern Minnesota, but you go northwest and north, things are in pretty fine shape. The bite has really been consistent statewide. Um, I wish I had an explanation because the weather has been so up and down, and we've had fronts after fronts. We've had days where we've had a front every day for three days, and we're still being able to eke out some fish. So very grateful for that. I don't know why. I can't explain it, but you got to go with it as long as it's going. you got to stick with it. Yeah, the annual boat show underway at the convention center right now. And before you know it, we'll be thinking about the open water for sure. And it certainly has been a challenging time for folks that are looking at a new boat. And if you're going to make the move, you may want to make it now because they're still in tight supply. You know, it's really strange, Steve, as we've entered into this new bizarre twilight zone. If you want a boat, you're going to have to order it, and there's no such thing as going into a dealer anymore, picking out a boat and writing a check. It's just it's just not that way, and with all these supply chain issues, it's like you order it, and you may get it in six months, you may get it in eight months. It's just kind of one of those things, and that's happening with fish electronics, you know, for your boat, trolling motors, everything is in the same situation very hard to find and you're going to have to wait so what that means if you're looking at you know getting rigged up here for may and june you better get on it now because it's it's really tough and i don't see it changing anytime soon so i think we're stuck with this for the duration so if you're looking for something for this year you better get on it and hopefully you can get it by the end of the season i mean i know people that have ordered boats that may get them next fall and they're not happy about it but that's the way it is, and you know, it's a combination of a lot of things that you and I have talked about. 
with supply chain issues and, you know, hiring people and finding people to work. And, you know, there's all kinds of issues, but that's what we're saddled with. So we're stuck with it. Nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So we got the boat show. Talk to your dealer. Uh, find out what's going on. And, and like I say, e- even used, whether you're looking for a used vehicle. I, I, I tell this story, Steve, uh, from last spring, I was in the market for a used pickup truck. I, I totaled mine uh in in february and it took me that long to to find something that i felt like this is what i'm looking for and i i had to pay more than i hoped but that is so true in boats i've had a number of people come up to me i've got a 20 year old pontoon it's in good shape i've taken good care of it and and the motor over the years and it, it is amazing the number of people you ever thinking about selling that thing um you know let me, let me know because they're in such tight supply. Now, I, I don't want to part with it until I have another boat, but that, that gives you an idea. E- even used stuff, when, when it comes to outdoor equipment, boats, motors, etc., trailers, they are in very tight supply. Yeah, if you're sitting on something, Steve, that's 10, 15 years old, now is the time to dump it. It's amazing what they're getting for vehicles with 250,000 miles on it. Yeah. Boats that are 22 years old, it's astounding, but... That's the flip side to the supply and demand. When there's nothing new, you know, in the marketplace, you yep. have to go used, and people know that, and the prices have just gone crazy. So whatever is going on, this is not inflation. This is a whole different deal. So, yeah, it's tough, and um, it's just amazing what they're getting. I mean, some of these vehicles have 300,000 miles on it, and they're getting fifteen grand. So they must be getting it, or they wouldn't be advertising it. So, yeah. you know, it's a crazy world here, steve yeah, that, that's for sure. Well, Steve, uh, where are you planning on being in the coming week? Or are you going to stay pretty close to home? I am going to stay on the fish this week, Steve, and I'm going to start doing some coyote and fox hunting this next week. We've, we're heading to the part of winter now where they're starting to mate, and they're very active during the day. And I've got some snowshoes coming because I don't think I'm going to be getting into the woods unless I've got snowshoes on. So looking forward to that. And uh, the next four or five weeks, it's going to be prime for that. So between that and the fishing, uh, life is good. All right, very good, Steve. Take care. Yeah, you too, Steve-O. There he is, Steve Carney. Steve Carney outdoors joining us. The bite is good, but once again, with all that snow and in some spots some tough ice conditions, uh, certainly be careful out there. It is 416. Once again, we visit with Steve Carney each and every Saturday. At this time, sports schedules permitting, of course, speaking of sports, we'll have the Timberwolves on the radio tomorrow night. The Timberwolves take on the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant is out for a time. He has a sprained knee, uh, still one of the top teams, and a m- major title contender out of the Eastern Conference. And the Timberwolves still trying to find their way, if you will, hanging around 500. Uh, they play well. Uh, they take a step back. They found a way to win in New York on the road trip. And then the next night, found a way to maybe get beat by the Atlanta Hawks. And now they come home and take on the Nats on Sunday night. By the way, our coverage begins at 6.30. Tip just after 7 o'clock. Cal Soderquist will hand it off to Alan Horton here on the home of the Timberwolves. Speaking of the Timberwolves, Kevin Lynch will join in about uh, 15 minutes or so and talk Timberwolves and a little tennis as well when we come back we'll talk golf pga tour on the mainland uh they're on the west coast swing right now in the palm springs area we'll get you a leaderboard update there look at the upcoming schedule my favorite part of the pga tour season 
is underway. Era News Talk, E3OWCCO. A winter weather advisory for southern Minnesota that includes Marshall, Mankato, Jackson, Blue Earth, Albert Lee, Rochester, Albert Lee, Austin, all the way over into the La Crosse area. So winter weather advisory, that's where the heaviest snow will fall uh, between 2 and 4 inches. Looks like about 1 to 2 here in the cities tonight. And then we could see another 1 to 3 tomorrow night as we get these uh, quick clippers moving through. Uh, The heaviest snow just south of the Twin Cities area. Actually, the heaviest band uh, between, say, Lakeville and Rochester. And that continues to slide to the south and east. So, uh, Alberta clippers coming through. Uh, one right after another. And it'll be sandwiched in some pretty cold days. And as you heard earlier with Al, looks like uh, we'll get a warm-up, maybe upper 20s by Thursday. That always feels good. Uh, but uh, some snow and some cold uh, between now and then. Here in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul, our radar uh, clearly showing snow. We had I would say light snow start maybe 30 minutes ago, and it's starting to fill in over the Twin Cities metro area. So probably snowing where you are, uh, starting to cover uh, the the freshly shoveled sidewalks and driveways. I I got out and got it cleaned up. But I fully knew that we were going to get more and again tomorrow night. The question is, do I shovel at all tomorrow? Or do I just take the day off and say... I'm going to get up bright and early on Monday morning and just get it all cleaned up. I, I'm debating on that topic, on, on what I should do with my snow removal. Now, some of my neighbors were just like me this morning and got out and got it cleaned up, and I'm sure they pay attention to the weather, and I'm sure they pay attention to news talk, E3OWCCO, and knew that it was just going to snow again. And I have other neighbors, it looks like they're just hunkered down and are going to wait until it's all over this weekend. So... Kind of those nuisance snowfalls certainly can make the roads slick, so be aware of that. Uh, I I haven't taken a look at the long-term outlet, and I've got to check out uh, Paul Douglas, who hosts with Jordana Green Monday through Friday between 3 and 6. He has a column in the Star Tribune on weather, and at this time of year I generally don't look all that often because I don't want to see something from Paul that says, you know, two or three weeks down the road, we, we've got the polar vortex settling in. So I, I, I might peruse that at some point with hopes that there will be a mild bias, that temps will be moving above normal as we exit January and into February. It is 424 here at News Talk, E3LWCCO. Speaking of warm weather and sunshine, uh, the PGA Tour is in the Palm Springs area. Uh, For the American Express, this is the old Bob Hope Desert Classic, uh, officially in La Quinta, California. But that's the greater Palm Springs area. And and they've played in that part of the world for a long, long time. Tom Hoagie is the leader at the moment at 17 under par. Uh, Hoagie's got his third round in the books. Uh, The third round continues. But uh, sunny skies, 
attempts in the 60s in La Quinta. And it's funny when you tune in to these PGA Tour events. Um, they're, they're bundled up like it's really cold. And once again, the latest weather out there right now says sunny and 68 degrees. But they have sweaters on and some have light coats on. Um, it's definitely uh, kind of comical. Uh, but, but Tom Hoagie, who has ties to the upper Midwest, is uh, getting it done right now at 17 under par. So that's, that's good to see. And we'll continue to follow him. Troy Merritt, who played his high school golf at Spring Lake Park, is uh, not playing on the weekend. I believe Troy missed the cut. Uh, he wasn't in the thick of things. So Hoagie with ties to the area. Actually was born in North Carolina. Uh, right now at the top of the leaderboard. Uh, let, let's check some other scores. Uh, right now at the American Express. And I saw a piece from Jonathan Feinstein, who's written a lot of good books, a lot of sports books over the years. He sent out a tweet earlier today, and I couldn't agree, that I, I know American Express is the sponsor of this event. But in some way, shape, or form, couldn't they point to the heritage of the event by calling it the Bob Hope Desert Classic presented by American Express? I, I think I would be fine with that. Not a lot of big names playing this week. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, uh, 13 under par. Francesco Molinari in a group at 13 under par. John Rahm at minus 11 still on the course. But uh, your leader, Tom Hoagie, at 17 under par. And I, I love this stretch on the PGA Tour. And I always get a kick out of this every year because they start in Hawaii right around New Year's, with the Tournament of Champions. Then they play in the Sony Open in Honolulu. And then, typically, they move to Palm Springs. And then next week, they're at Torrey Pines in San Diego. And the visuals there are great. And over the years, Tiger Woods has played so well. No word on when Tiger Woods may return to the regular PGA Tour. He played that event with his son before Christmas down in Florida. But uh, no word when, if and when Tiger will return to the PGA Tour. But after Torrey Pines next week, then they go to Pebble Beach in early February. Uh, they're in Scottsdale, and that's always a fun event. That That's typically Super Bowl weekend. And then they close out the West Coast Swing at Riviera Country Club outside of L.A. and Pacific Palisades, so on. Great stretch on the PGA Tour. It is 428 here at News Talk, E3OWCCO. We'll take a break. We'll update you on that weather once again. Uh, one to two here in the cities yet tonight. Snow tapers off, partly cloudy overnight. Temps in the single digits below zero. We'll warm to near 10 tomorrow, and then more snow tomorrow night before we uh, get into some really cold stuff. Tuesday night, or I should say Monday night, Tuesday and Tuesday night before temps start to moderate later in the week. It is 428 here at News Talk, E3OWCCO. 433 here at News Talk, E3OWCCO. The snow is settling in on a Saturday. And I don't know about you, but uh, winter's getting a little long. 
Um, we we did get a bit of a January thaw. We've we've had some nice days here and there, but uh, the snow, the cold, uh, starting to wear a little thin. But uh, we're we're closing in on the end of the month. Uh, playoff football underway, and a hard hitting game in Nashville today. Cincinnati and Tennessee right now knotted at six. The Bengals had a six zero lead after one quarter of play, and now they are tied at six. Tennessee got a Derrick Henry touchdown run, and then it looks like they decided to. I I have it on the the TV here in the studio. And I, I don't know if they got a penalty that moved them a little bit closer. And they decided to go for two, but they didn't get it, so they're tied at six. Six oh seven to go quarter number one. Tennessee a slight favorite in that game going in. Tonight, San Francisco and Green Bay, uh, the 49ers are five-and-a-half-point underdogs. The over-under, 47-and-a-half. And, and I just have a hunch that this – it's going to be a 49er win tonight. And I don't count myself as a Green Bay Packer hater in any way, shape, or form. And I know there are a lot of those in this neck of the woods. I know there's a lot of people that despise Green Bay and openly cheer for them to get beat and are happy when they get beat and so on and so forth. I don't put myself in that category. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of they win, they win, they lose, they lose. I'm not particularly a huge fan of Aaron Rodgers. I I think um, he at times has not not done him or the Green Bay Packers a service. I think the whole controversy early in the year on whether or not he was vaccinated or unvaccinated and tested positive for COVID nineteen. I, I think that was a bad look, um, and some of the off season drama and whether he was going to come back. But I don't openly cheer against the Green Bay Packers. Once again, I know plenty of people that love the Packers and are lifelong fans, and then others that go a complete 180 and, and despise the Packers. I just think the 49ers are physical enough, and what should be not a terrible a weather night in Green Bay, but it is tough when they schedule in late January a night night game in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And that tells me one thing, and I think you would agree, that this isn't about fan safety or, or player safety. This is about great visuals for television, period. Because you know and I know, because we all live in this neck of the woods, that this is, these are the coldest weeks of the year. Middle to end of January, on average, the coldest stretch on the calendar. That's one thing to play a noon game or even a 3 o'clock game. This game is scheduled to kick off at 7.15 tonight in Green Bay, Wisconsin which shows the 80,000 fans, they don't really care about the 80,000 fans, and they don't really care about the players. Because if they did, they would play this Tennessee-Cincinnati game tonight in Nashville 
and be playing the Green Bay-San Francisco game this afternoon. And right now in Green Bay, it's not bad. For January 22nd, it's 19 degrees under fair skies. Uh, Little breezy winds out of the west at 18 gusting to 24. Has a wind chill at 4 above zero. Now tonight there is a slight chance of snow. And if television gets their way, they'll get some snow in Green Bay. TV loves that. And the low around zero. And then tomorrow, sunny and 14. So they really got a break, I think. But once again, it just goes to show they do not care um, if they're scheduling a night game in Green Bay, Wisconsin on January 22nd. Um, And then on Sunday, uh, the L.A. Rams and Tampa Bay Buccaneers go at it. Uh, The Rams are three-point underdogs there, but Tampa Bay's offensive line got beat up in that win over Philadelphia a week ago. Now, they they have the greatest quarterback in the history of the game. I, I think he's ended all arguments. I, I don't think anybody with a straight face can make a case that there was a quarterback that's been better than Tom Brady. And in football, it's hard to compare other positions, you know, comparing quarterbacks and running backs and Defensive player and offensive lineman and wide receivers. There's a lot of great players. You think about wide receivers. Jerry Rice comes to mind as being the greatest of all time. Running backs, Walter Payton, Emmitt Smith. Old-timers would say Jim Brown. Um, th- there's open arguments there. And then defensively, you know, it's the greatest defensive player in the history of the game, Lawrence Taylor. But I don't think you could ever single out who is the greatest player in the history of the NFL because there is so much specialization. And there is, it's like in Major League Baseball, you know, the greatest pitcher of all time and the greatest hitter of all time. Likely, you know, two very different people. And so I, I don't think it's fair to say the greatest baseball player of all time is a hitter or the greatest baseball player of all time is a pitcher. And I don't think he can do that in football. But back to Brady. He's ended all argument. There, there, there is no argument at this point in time about uh, Brady's greatness. As, as far as I'm concerned when it comes to quarterback. But with a beat-up offensive line could be a challenge. But, but as I said to Matthew Collar earlier in the program with the L.A. Rams, they do have Matthew Stafford at quarterback. And I know they made the trade and they sent Jared Goff to Detroit. And they brought in Matthew Stafford. And they are a playoff team. And they won their playoff opener. And they're on the road at Tampa Bay as only three-point underdogs. But he still was the Lions quarterback for a long time. And I, I'm just not so sure that he's going to be able to get it done there. And then, really, the marquee game of the weekend, in my opinion, Buffalo at Kansas City on Sunday night. Kansas City just a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Um, Josh Allen, the Bills quarterback, is terrific. Patrick Mahomes, uh, also phenomenal, already has a Super Bowl ring. So uh, the NFL playoffs underway. Once again, that first game, two-minute warning, second quarter tied at Six. A couple other stories. Hockey Day Minnesota. 
Uh, we brought this up. Uh, they're, they're getting the requisite snow at Blakesley Stadium in Mankato. It's plenty cold enough. And the visuals I've seen so far, just a great setting for Hockey Day Minnesota down there. Um, just looks really cool. Uh, the home of Minnesota State once upon a time. Uh, the home of Viking training camp before they moved to TCO Performance Center in Egan. But it uh, looks like a great setting. And it sounds like White Bear Lake will get the honor next year. There's been some rumors floating around. Uh, some people say it's already been decided. But it sounds like Hockey Day 2023 will be headed to White Bear Lake. And that will be a great setting and a great hockey community in the Northeast Metro. Timberwolves are idle. Uh, the Timberwolves take on the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow night. We were scheduled to talk to Kevin Lynch uh, at 4.35, and, and we can't track down Kev. So we're, we're going to try and figure out where he is, hopefully bring you a, a visit with Kevin Lynch coming up in a little bit here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. And you look at the NBA standings right now, and there's still a long, long way to go. But the Timberwolves right in the thick of it. And they have pretty much everybody back. Uh, after all the mess with COVID, they're in the nine spot, which uh, would be in a play-in game at 22 and 23. But they're not that far, say, behind the Denver Nuggets. Here are the top six at the moment in the NBA's Western Conference. Phoenix number one. They already have a three-game lead over the Golden State Warriors. Memphis may be the biggest surprise. John Morant, company. They're 32-16. and 16. You got the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Uh, then the Dallas Mavericks. But they're, they're four games. Dallas is fifth. They're four games behind Utah already. And then you have the Denver Nuggets in the sixth spot. So those are the clubs that would be locked into the top six. Then you got the L.A. Lakers at 500. The L.A. Clippers one game under. Uh, the Timberwolves one game under. And then Portland seven games under 500. So the, the Timberwolves right now have a three-game lead over the Portland Trail Blazers in that final spot and are in pretty good shape right now. Um. But it's imperative as the games get more and more meaningful. And let me tell you what I mean by that. There's a preseason. Then there's the start of the NBA season. And the really, really good teams generally get out of the gate fast and win a lot of games. I I point to the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference. They haven't missed a beat. But there are other clubs that have injuries or they're, they're veteran teams and maybe not getting the most out of their veteran players. But now as you get into late January and you get into February, the intensity night in and night out starts to pick up. And the case in point is that game in Atlanta. Um, That game had a feeling where now we're starting to sense there's something on the line. And certainly when you get into March in the NBA, for those teams fighting for playoff position, become even more and more meaningful. So we'll see how the Timberwolves respond going forward. And the Brooklyn Nets, even though they don't have Kevin Durant, they lead the Eastern Conference right now 
by a half game over the surprising Chicago Bulls. Uh, the Nets had 29 and 16. Still a lot of talent there. Kyrie Irving, uh, James Harden, no Kevin Durant, as I mentioned, with the knee injury. It is 4 45. We'll take a break. Hopefully, we can get a hold of Kevin Lynch here on News Talk. E3O WCCO. The Rock'em Sock'em playoff game in Nashville. Cincinnati leading Tennessee 9 6. Late second quarter. The Bengals, three field goals. Uh, the Titans, a Derrick Henry touchdown run. Uh, they failed on a two point conversion. 9 6 Bengals over the Titans, closing in on halftime. Uh, talking Timberwolves, Kevin Lynch joins us, Pally Sports North. Kev, how you been? Good. How are you doing, Steve? Yeah, good to visit with you. Um, in, in the time we have, uh, your thoughts on the quick road trip to New York and Atlanta. They pull out a win over the Knicks, a good win. Carl Anthony Towns, a three-point play late in the game, and then kind of a questionable shot selection by the Knicks late in that game. But nevertheless, Timberwolves get the W. And then the next night in Atlanta, you, you had the sense maybe that uh, the Timberwolves lost her composure a little bit in that game. Yeah, you know, uh, it was a little bit uncharacteristic, I think, of Anthony Edwards. But, you know, Towns, <laughs> I mean, if anybody is, is in Target Center watching Carl Anthony Towns play, or even on TV, you can pick up on it, too. It just, it just it's, it's kind of been, you know, kind of constant uh, issues that, that Carl Anthony Towns has with referees. It's been going on a lot. At times during the season, I think he's addressed it. I know the coaching staff has talked to him about it, but, just too much jabbering with with the refs. I mean, he he's got to dial it back, and and uh, and then sometimes you know you see replays. You know, he'll complain about a call, then you see the replay, and it's obvious he's he's fouling or he's he's kicking somebody on a shot or he's he's hooking somebody's arm. I mean, he does. He's a part of it too. So, and that you know is pretty obvious when you see the replay. So yeah, he's got to. He's such an emotional guy and such a talented player. He's got to pull that back because. Uh, in games like that against Atlanta, it's a big issue as far as the outcome. Yeah, and I, I saw a couple of accounts on, on what happened to, to Ant in that particular situation. And it, it was one of those, and, and I guess the read was, yeah, he lost his cool, but maybe a more veteran, established player doesn't get two technicals in that situation where it's a one technical situation we play on, you know, Yeah, hard to say that maybe it's because he is a young guy and just in his second year in the league. But, but also if, if he's seeing what, what cat's doing, you know, it seems like every other trip down the floor. And really that's been one of my criticisms and, and I've put it out there on, on Twitter and said it on the radio. I do think he spends way too much time complaining to the officials. Kev, you played in the Big Ten, you played at the U, you played in the NBA, you played professionally in Europe. The sense is you got to pick your spots. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that's a good point. It's, it's, um, you know, being one of the leaders on this team, and you know, even D'Angelo Russell has kind of talked about it after that ball game against the Hawks. Is is you know you, you, as a leader on this team, Towns sets the tone, and and you know if you're going to be constantly kind of uh, on the refs and disagreeing with their calls, and like a call won't be made, there won't be a whistle, and Towns instead of running down the court, he's he's you know yelling over at the referee and putting his hands out. It's like 
It, it doesn't, you know, every once in a while, it's fine to do that sure. when you really disagree with a call. But, you know, you also got to set, it's kind of set the tone for the younger guys on this team and, and uh, being one of the leaders. If you're, you know, constantly uh, having dialogue with the refs and complaining, that's what they see. And, and a guy like Anthony Edwards is going to start doing the same thing. So, yeah, you got to be careful with too much of that. A little bit is fine. It's fine. But I, t- Towns, at times, he goes way too far. Yeah. Hey, Kev, could you, could you imagine uh, uh, your coach at the U, Clem Haskins, putting up with that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. No, no, no. Oh, I don't think Clem, Clem would have put up with that. Well, Clem would say, "Hey, you worry about playing. I'll, I'll right. talk to the refs." And that, a lot of times, that's kind of what you need is that let the coach kind of handle that for the most part, and and then you just worry about playing. So that, that's probably the best advice of the yeah. coach. Yeah, and uh, Kev, I wanted to bring up a player in that Atlanta game. Boy, I, I, I'm so impressed. It, uh, Trey Young um, ha- had a huge night, and it's a big reason that Atlanta got on that great run a year ago. He is super impressive. I mean, the, the, there are some terrific players around the NBA. You know, you look at Memphis, John Morant, and you, you got Trey Young. I mean, these guys are so good. Yeah, you know, the funny thing about Trey Young is is when he came into the NBA a few years ago, and a, like the first half of his rookie season, Man, I think the Hawks just, they must have sat him down before that season started and said, hey, listen, dude, you, you just you just play. Don't worry about mistakes. Don't worry about bad shots because he was, he, he was horrendous early on his rookie year. And I think that was the goal all along is to let him make mistakes, let him just experiment and see where he can be effective. And if he makes a ton of mistakes and they lose games, that's fine. Um, and I was kind of worried, like, this guy, I mean, I would watch him play Steve, and I'd be like, I don't see it. I mean, I, I just wasn't impressed yeah. at all. He was just jacking up everything, mistakes left and right. It was hard to watch, but I guess they saw something else in him, and he really started to, to develop. And Because and, initially I just thought he was kind of a sideshow, just kind of jacking up, you know, 30-footers yeah. and behind-the-back passes. And I'm like, this isn't going to work, but. They stuck with him, and he got confident. And yeah, I mean he's he's a he's a terrific talent. He's a guy that probably doesn't get talked about quite as much as he deserves, as far as the top point guards in this league. But yeah, he's an, a, a creative dude, no question. All right, the Wolves get back at it Sunday night, Brooklyn in town. No Kevin Durant, uh, the knee injury, uh, the old no timetable for his return. It looks like he will return. This season, though, at some point for the Nets, it's not like he tore. Looks like a sprain in the knee. Nevertheless, this is still a talented team, but an opportunity with no Kevin Durant for the Timberwolves to get a big win on Sunday night. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm really interested to see uh, how you know, obviously with everything with Kyrie Irving and now Durant has been out. You know, who who knows how long that's going to last? But it, it's going to be a, a fascinating team to watch as you know March and April come you know, what they end up being. I mean, if they're a, a fully constituted team, they're going to be a handful coming out of the East. I mean, they might win it all. I mean, it's get out of the East and, you know, and, and maybe win an NBA championship. But with all with the health and then Irving and all his issues going on in and out of the lineup, um, yeah, the Wolves have a, a, a good chance to beat those guys, no question about it. But if that's a full team, 
they are going to be a tough outcome, you know, a seven-game series in, in the springtime. Yeah, and we, we've talked about Durant before. Uh, with, with his game on the perimeter and, and his length, I mean, yeah. for all practical purposes, he's unguardable. I mean, how, I think, what, what yeah, do you do I, with the guy? But, yeah, it's, I think he's one of the most unguardable guys that I've – that in the history of the NBA. I mean, I think you start looking at – you know, if I had to make a list of, of guys that – are just the most difficult to guard, to guard throughout the you know the decades. I you know I put Kareem on there, Wilt Chamberlain for sure, and, and probably Kevin Durant. You know, and all three of those guys are, are right there as far as they're oversized for their position, and they have they have small man skills and 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 physical ability. So, and Durant is right there. I mean, I I think he's I think he's more unguardable than Michael Jordan was. Jordan had more of that killer scoring mentality maybe and he'd dominate the ball more but i think when durant is on and when he's trying to score i think he's tougher to guard because he's 6 11 than michael jordan ever was or for that matter kobe bryant or even lebron james i think he's right there at the very top of guys that are just impossible to guard when they get that desire to go score and get a shot i mean he's he's just that dangerous you know he's 6 11 but he moves incredibly well a great outside shooter. He can handle the basketball. Um, he's a good passer when he wants to do that too. So, yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know who you guard for the Wolves. I suppose Jaden McDaniels or or uh, or Vanderbilt might take a crack yeah. at him too. Whenever the Wolves play him again, but yeah, he's uh, he's right there with the best scorers of all time. Well, Kevin, it's always good to visit with you. Thanks so much for the time, and I look forward to our next visit. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. Have a good day. All right, there he is, Kevin Lynch, Bally Sports North, Timberwolves analyst. Timberwolves, uh, quiet weekend until Sunday night. Nets in town. Kevin Durant won't be available with the sprained knee. It'll still be a big challenge, Joe. We'll be on the air at 6.30 with Cal. Allen with all the play-by-play. And then I'll be in following the game tomorrow night with a rare Sunday night Timberwolves tonight here on the home of the Timberwolves. News Talk, E3LWCCO. Uh Late second quarter, Cincinnati leading at Tennessee 9-6. Low-scoring affair, hard-hitting affair in the opening game of the NFL Divisional Weekend. Green Bay hosting San Francisco later on tonight. We'll have the news, we'll have the weather next here on CCO. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.